The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, the Lord encourages us through the scriptures to make sure that we choose the most important things, not to settle for second best. We see it first in the person of Solomon, the great man of the Old Testament, the successor of David, his son, and the king, who had the rule over the whole nation, had everything you could have asked. And yet the Lord comes to him in the dream and asks, I will give you anything you desire. What do you wish? Now, he's a young man, so many things probably came into his mind as he was thinking about this. I'd imagine every single one of us has had the thought of what would I wish if I could have one wish or if I could have three wishes with a genie with a bottle, right? What would my wishes be? And it comes true for Solomon. And in so many things that he could have said, he asks for the most important thing. The ability to know what is the right thing to do and to be able to do it. And the Lord gives him this gift generously in great abundance because he could have chosen power, but he didn't. He could have chosen health, but he didn't. He could have chosen wealth, but he didn't. He could have chosen a nice long life, but he didn't. He could have chosen the lives of his enemies, a nice way of saying, kill everyone else so that I can have their power and their authority and I don't have to fight them. But he didn't choose that either. Of all the things that he could have chosen that would have been very much self-seeking, he chooses how best to serve the nation that he's entrusted to care for, to have wisdom. And on account of that, he is made eminently wise, the, the wisest man the world has ever seen, one which no man of the future would ever rival. And so even to this day, he is known by his description of that gift Solomon the wise. Solomon the wise. In the gospel, we have a continuation of the parables of the kingdom of heaven. We remember that the kingdom of heaven, again, when the Lord speaks about this reality, he speaks specifically about the church. When he talks about the kingdom of heaven on earth, that is the church. 
And so he comes and he continues this explanation with these final three parables about what is the life of the church on earth? What is it here and how do we live it? And he describes it with these final three, two of which are very, very similar to each other. He describes the church as a treasure one finds in a field. And having found it, they hide it once more and they go off and sell all that they have so as to be able to go and to buy the field. In a similar manner, the merchant who finds the pearl of great price, the one that, he could, that, that would basically get him anything and everything he ever desired. And he goes and he sells all he have to be able to gain it. And so both of these stories simply drive home the simple fact that the church is a treasure. The church is the pearl of great price. By which we ought to be willing to sell anything and everything to gain her. But the interesting thing is that a lot of times, well, all the time, we don't have to sell anything. It's not as if we need to go off and sell off our homes or sell off our cars or our prized possessions so that we can buy stock in the church. That would be foolishness. But rather, the Lord does encourage us to go and to get rid of anything that separates us from giving ourselves entirely to the church. Those things which sometimes we cling to as our lesser treasures, the Lord invites us, get rid of it, set it aside, and come find this pearl. Immerse yourself in this treasure. Because this treasure is not just a treasure in itself. It's not just a treasure for the sake of having treasure. We are not a church for the sake of being a church. The treasure that the church is to us, the reason that the church is the pearl, is the treasure, is because the church is Christ. The church is Jesus Christ. On the day of your baptism, you are washed with water and you are cleansed from sin. But not just cleansed from sin, you are made members of the mystical body of Christ. You are made members of the body of Christ. We are the church. We are Christ. The church also is not just the body of Christ in a mystical manner. The church comes and gives us Christ. It's on account of the church that we know Jesus in the first place. It's the church who has preserved the scriptures for us, such that when the word of God is proclaimed, we hear Jesus himself speaking to us. And not only in the scriptures, but also in the teachings of the church. We often see the catechism and the rules of the church, the teachings of the church, the things we believe and profess. Oh, that's just, you know, so many people chalk it up as man-made traditions, which is foolishness. They're man-made traditions only if you consider Jesus simply to be another man. Because when the church teaches, the church doesn't just teach an opinion or a teaching or something that, that one particular person throughout the course of history decided was best for all of us to do or to think or believe. Rather, the church as a whole looks to Christ. And when the church teaches, Christ teaches. Every homily, in a sense, ought to be like another sense in which we sit down with Jesus at the feet of him with his disciples. And we hear him speak. Where Christ comes to speak to us, personally. Every teaching is Christ's. And not only his teachings, even his flesh. And this is the great gift. Because in the church we have Christ himself in the flesh, in the blood, and the Eucharist. 
We can give up all kinds of things. We can, we can do all kinds of things because, the, because what we receive is greater than anything we could ever give up. And that's what Jesus is reminding us today. That if we gain him, everything else seems useless. I can have all the fame and notoriety. I can have all wealth. I can have all health. I can have all power. I can have the lives of my enemies. I can have anything and everything my flesh desires. But if I do not have Jesus Christ, I still am looking for a pearl. I will still be longing for that something that's missing. It's written into our hearts to seek Christ. And so if we do not have Jesus, we seek to find him. And we have to find him. Every heart has to find Christ. Whether we believe it or not, we seek him. We thirst for the Lord. And if we don't find Jesus specifically, we oftentimes will settle for the lesser things. How often it has been said, if only I had fill in the blank, then things would be better. If only I had insert the word here, life would be good. I would finally be able to rest. If only I had money. If only I had my health. If only I had a little bit more better esteem in the community. If only I had this, that, or the other thing. If only I had. If only I had. And how many times it can be said. And we cling to these things. Because we don't yet fully possess Christ. We long to receive him. It's written in every heart again. And so we come and rejoice in the gift of the church. Rejoice that we have found the pearl of great price. But the simple fact is that if you're anything like me, we still wrestle to sell everything. We still wrestle to give up everything. Because I myself struggle from time to time. Not time to time, daily, I'll be honest. <laughs> I struggle daily to choose Christ. There's a reason Mass is usually at about 7.05 on Monday mornings. I choose sleep rather than Christ. There's a reason that sometimes my homilies are less prepared than they ought to be. Because I choose whatever else other entertainment over Christ. There are times that I come and I do the things that I know that I may not ought to do. And I neglect the things that lead me to our Lord. And yet the simple reality is the Lord continues to call us. He bids us continue to come and to be willing to give and to try over and over and over again. The third parable that our Lord gives to us is the one that is an echo of the, the third parable from last week. The reminder that on the end, there will be a judgment. That the church is the great net cast into the sea that is the world. And she pulls in a great lot of fish. Good fish and trash fish. And we're all here alongside each other in the net. And here we remain. And the Lord will one day pull us ashore when the net is full. And his angels will sort us out. The wicked into the fire. The good into the bucket to be kept for the kingdom. And the reality is that the difference between the two is our willingness to show our love for Jesus. A fish that longs and settles for the things of the world that contents itself with the pleasures of this life and does not give itself over to seeking after the treasure that has been presented to it, it will fall short. It doesn't desire to be in the kingdom because it desires to be in the world. And so it will remain in the world, the world of fire. 
But for those who are the good fish who long for the pearl of great price, even if we struggle to sell our, all of our things to be able to gain it, if we see the girl, pearl of great price and we continue to seek after it and to thirst for it and to work towards it, to show Christ's love, which is not just a feeling, it's a decision, right? It's a choice. If we continue to show our love for Christ by choosing to follow after him, even our weakness, will be proven to be good fish. What a great joy it will be on that day to be caught. Oftentimes it can be said that we fear judgment. We can fear judgment if we consider that we actually are judged. But the simple reality, as I've often reflected on in light of funerals and funeral homilies, is that the same Lord who died for us, who gave his life for us, is the same Lord who comes to judge us. And what a grace that he has shown his love for us. May the Lord come to us today in the course of this Holy Mass. Touch us by his words, touch us by his flesh, and help us to grow in our love for him.